everyone. Welcome back to the Nautic Ed podcast. We're glad you're here, and we're glad Amy Sinclair is here, too. She's another wonderful, inspiration woman in sailing. And there's something that makes her, I think, a little extra special is because she didn't spend decades. She only waited about six years, almost six years now. And in that time, she's done some incredible things. And we're going to talk about those things here today. Um, she's an inspiration to women in sailing, girls in sailing, uh, women of color. Um, she's someone who's really taken her passions and done very, very well with them. And she's living life to the fullest. Um, Amy, welcome to the show. Grant, maybe you can uh, give us a little more. Well, um, yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, it, it's exciting to have Amy on and, and purely because she's rocking the world, right? She's out there doing it and really, really involving people in sailing. And so let's get right into her story and listen to what she's doing. So go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead, Amy. Well, Amy, you know, obviously welcome for being here. Um, you know, the, the, the first thing I like to ask our guests, especially someone like you that's just recently joined the fray, um, and again, has done so much in the short amount of time. I mean, six years is not that long in a sailing career, but you've done a lot. So, you know, what really got you involved in sailing to begin with? Uh, that's just such a great question, because I think it's an important one for us to think through as we, we think about ways to make sure more of us get in who aren't in, right? Um, I, I got in very similar to how a lot of people, it was just a friend invited me out one day. She, she and her boyfriend were going to be out on the harbor putzing around and they said, why don't you come? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to come. And then, you know, the, the bug bit me and I fell in love with it. And then very quickly after that, we started talking about going on vacation together and skippering the boat ourselves. And so at that point I was like, oh man, if I'm going to be down there and have a job, I better really know what I'm doing. So very, the, I would say maybe the month after the first time I went out, I went and I got myself certified. Um, and very quickly after I got certified, I jumped straight into racing. Um, and that's primarily, again, because of the network I was surrounded with. My coworker had found out that I was certified and he was like, oh, you got to come out and do race night with us. And I was like, wait, 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 <laughs> I can't race. I just, I just learned like I don't I didn't even I mean it was a two-day thing and I don't know anything he was like no don't worry we'll show you everything and then that was the night that I met the race team that I have been racing with for the last five um and that team for me was so it was such an easy pathway in because there were people on the team who looked like me right so first of all the strategic and more tactical positions were done by women. And we represented eight different countries. I mean, so it didn't feel like I was the only one from a different, from a di that had a different background. And just seeing how well we gelled together and how different we were out on the water, it became so important to me that there were other boats that would look like that. And so one of the, the first things that I did after I realized that not only is this a great sport because it's fun, it's also super empowering, right? Um, and, and very healing. We need to open this up. And because I had this marketing background, I decided to create an Instagram account for the team. And that just took off like crazy. I think within like a few years, we had 60,000 followers. Is that uh, sailing, sailing Noir you're talking about? No, so actually this first 
account that I put out with for the race team and it's Sail Sweet Caroline. And it was all about like our adventures, right? So we would compete, but we also had a lot of fun on the boat. We were like a family. So that, you know, when you're in marketing, you kind of know how to like throw these things together, right? The first piece is you need pictures. So we hired someone to just take a whole bunch of photos of us. And so over time, I was able to spread those out to tell a story. Um, and then after that, I started working on my own personal account because I realized I have a voice. It's a lot harder to speak from the standpoint of a whole team. Um, so I started working on my own personal account and that account grew to over 130,000 followers very quickly. That took maybe three years. Um, and so with that, I had this experience on the race team, but I decided, well, what do I do when we're not racing? Because we're in the Northeast, right? The boats come out of the water in October and I was still itching to get back out there. So I would travel. And when I traveled, anybody who was with me automatically was sailing. Like there's no, <laughs> I converted everybody into like uh, sailors on any trip I went on. Um, and then I took photos of that and then it was like, first it was just in the Caribbean. And then I found myself in Africa, which was like one of the highlights of my, my sailing, my sailing experiences. And um, isn't that the one that Essence Magazine covered? Yes, it is. And so the, the backstory behind this is my friends were going on vacation and they were going to, um, to Kenya. And so I was like, oh, what I normally do is like, okay, let's figure out if we can sail. And then I found out there's this whole like racing sailing community in this uh, place we were going. It's on the coastal um, side of Kenya in the north and it's called Lamu. And every year they have a big race around New Year's, which is when we were gonna be there. And I was like, man, this is the first time I'm gonna be someplace where someone, where everybody looks like me. So I was so excited about that. Uh, but then when I started Googling it and looking at photos, I realized where, where, where are the women? There were no women, it was all men. And then you also have to remember like how I jumped into racing, right? Like I had no idea what I was doing and I was able to join this team and figure it out. So I was, automatically I was like, well, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna build a race team. We're gonna have women on this team and we're gonna like, we're gonna, we're gonna compete and show these young ladies that they can do this. Um, so two weeks before I left, I started trying to find a boat and then also trying to recruit team team members. Uh, and it was difficult because that particular community in Lamu, Kenya is very, very traditional. It's the oldest Swahili village in all of East Africa. And the way the society is centered is around the men do the work, the women stay at home. There are no cars on the island. Everybody gets around either by foot, by donkey or by sailboat. So it's increasingly important for, for women to, to be on the water if they're at some point going to evolve into contributing to the economics of the island. Um, and that's what they need, right? They need that desperately. So but it sounds to me like you've got, you know, reason for doing these things. I mean, it, it almost sounds like this could have been the first all female, you know, racing team in that regatta. Yeah, it was. It was the first time that has ever been done. 
Um, and I met great adversity when we tried to do it. Uh, even, even over the phone, I was getting a lot of like, just people who were saying that this is not something that I could accomplish. Um, there is no way that this can happen. It's dangerous. And when I got there, there was one, uh, one person who told me that you're putting these women in danger because they don't know how to swim. And these boats, they flip over pretty, pretty often. So you should really rethink this plan. This is not just something that you're coming here to do on a vacation. You could kill people. Um, so there was a lot of like, there was a lot of stress and a lot of um, doubt centering this decision that I had made. Um, so I took the precautions that I knew that I knew of, right? That I learned here in the U.S. We hired a team to train us. We made sure everybody had on life jackets. Um, but even with that, like convincing the women to come on the boat was difficult. So we wound up getting two from the village two from further inland, and then some of the women who had traveled with me, uh, you know, like I said, if you're my friend and we're on this vacation, you're sailing, right? There's no choice. <laughs> so we built the team with that and we did quite well. We came in 10th place out of 13 boats. They didn't even think we were gonna finish. Um, and funny enough, the woman who told us that we wouldn't be able to do this, her husband was racing on another team and we beat her husband's boat. Nice. There's nothing better than that. <laughs> Which is very satisfying. And we did not flip over in the water. Actually, her husband's boat capsized twice. So there was just this wonderful <laughs> feeling of like, we could, we did this thing. And, and the other thing that I think that was really exciting to watch was the women who did decide to do this with us were very, very timid and scared when they first got on the boat for the first lesson. Um, but once we were like one hour in, all that shyness was gone. I mean, people, it was all smiles, no nervousness. And I think it was, it was them realizing that as women, we could move this boat that weighs, you know, several thousand pounds and control it by ourselves, right? Like the, the other thing I have to mention about the boat is that there's no winches on that boat. Everything is by like brute force and strength. And so, but with teamwork, we were able to trim sails, turn the boat, do all kinds of things. And once they realized that, they were like, wow, I can do this. So there's one girl who really had like a lot of, um, I would say social anxiety, so bad that she didn't even want to come to the lunch that we had before we actually went training because she was nervous. This same young lady, while we were in the middle of training, was like, oh my God, we should chant. We need a chant. <laughs> she started, she led us in this chant. And the day of the race, we came barreling down the beach with her leading the way, screaming at the top of our lungs, this chant that she was leading and we were repeating. And I just, to see someone who was had so much social anxiety flip and see the switch turn just helped me realize like how important this is and how, how we need to recreate things like this in other places. So after we, after we did this race, women who normally wouldn't come out had come out because they had friends who were in the race, right? They now have started asking their brothers and cousins to teach them. So we changed the way a whole community thinks about a woman's role in society in Lamu. You know, what you did there I mean, that's the kind of thing that people write books about. You know, that's things that epic stories and documentaries are written about. 
you know, I can only imagine how that impacted you. I mean, is this kind of that impetus for what made you bring this passion home to the United States and the new work you're doing now with women and minorities in sailing? Absolutely. Absolutely. The good, the good thing about, I'm so glad you brought that up about the documentary piece and like how epic this was. Cause as we were there before we had left, we had reached out to, um, the tourism board to get support. And through that connection, we wound up talking to the ESPN equivalent on the continent, um, which is called Super Sports. So they filmed the whole thing. So we have all the footage and they put an episode on the air in the country. And then it also went to the continent. So that was a wonderful thing. And after that happened, once I got back to New York, Essence picked up the story and ran that. Then CNN caught wind of it. Then they reached out underneath their um, group called Great Big Story, filmed me and and our team over the course of like two days and put out another video about that. And that has propelled a lot of the, the, the passions and work that I've been trying to do because once that happened, all these women all over the United States who had been working on various initiatives knew who I was and had figured out how to reach out to me to say, hey, we're doing something like this too. We need to meet. And I'm like, yes, we do. Um, so so that then has translated itself into me being the um, vice president now of the National Women's Sailing Association. And then also um, more, more newly, a position with women who sail as the CEO and that community is amazing. There's 18,000 members in one Facebook group called Women Who Sail. And then there's 46 other subgroups with thousands of other women. Um, and so collectively, we are working on figuring out ways to make it easier for us to come into the sport. And you know, part of that process is making sure it's welcoming. And so I wanna share a little bit of like what you know, what it's like to be a woman in sailing and then more so what it's like to be a black woman. Yeah. I mean, especially since you saw kind of, I don't know, probably a more extreme example, but I could be wrong. I mean, when you go to uh, Kenya and you see the real traditional ways and it's, it's very much broken down into roles and then you come back here and you see what? Do you see a very similar traditional role type situation? Or, um, you know, what are the challenges for women and women of color in sailing that you guys are trying to overcome? I think I think there's some unconscious bias on what a woman's role is on a boat. Yeah. Right? You know, like a lot of times when a woman comes into maybe like a forum because they're trying to figure out um, how to be a part of a community, the immediate role for them that the sign is, oh, you should be a cook or, oh, you can be my first mate. And, you know, perhaps you're a potential like mate for me to date, not as not seen as like crew or, you know, someone who has equal footing. The respect, I think, for the level of things that a woman should be doing on the boat isn't isn't equal. Um, and, And I also think that like sometimes teaching styles aren't aren't geared towards making environment a little bit easier for women to like speak up and ask questions um so so i think our work here in the u.s is mostly centered around just educating different instructors and different um, men who are part of clubs and marinas who want more women to come out 
on some of the things they should avoid doing when they come on when they come on board. Um, because if you have, you can imagine, like if you're the only woman in this space and there's all men there, you're already sort of feeling a little uncomfortable. And I think our work in in explaining what we need to happen is making sure men really understand that and figuring out what words to stay away from and how to ask the right questions so women feel like, okay, this is a place I can come back and feel like I'm actually an equal part of this team. Right. So it's almost like helping the sailing community adjust their headspace a little bit. You know, I mean, you know, when you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, playground days, right? You're on the playground and you're the last to get picked all the time because you're just assumed that these other people, since they're bigger and maybe male, that, you know, they just naturally fall into that role. Well, Kevin, that's that's because you're skinny anyway, right? That's right. I always got picked last. (laughs) (laughs) Does it make you feel? Does it make you feel bad? Well, it makes me feel like going sailing. Okay, so you—that's the way you escape. You didn't deal with it properly. You just um, went sailing. Is it escaping? That's exactly right. I escaped to sailing. <laughs> there, you know, you know. There's also some really important women who have come into the sport to help shift the narrative around, like what a woman's role could be on a boat. Like you got people like uh, Nikki Henderson, who made waves by being the youngest skipper in the Clipper race. And then also going on to do several other races after that and winning. Um, and then there's been changes with the, the Volvo, or now it's called the Ocean Race, um, where now they're encouraging more crews to have women aboard. And then there was an all-female crew. And then there's a the story of Maiden and how well they did, and no one thought they could do that. So there's that, the myth, there, is a, there are some myths that we need to debunk about like what women are capable of when they get on a boat. And then also I think there's just some some sensitivity training on like the appropriate ways to interact with them. Well, and, and just even speaking, this is Grant, <clears throat> speaking from a Nordic Ed point of view, you know, the, the world is completely um, devoid or, or it just doesn't have enough women sailing instructors. And so if you're listening to this podcast, um, there's a place for you. There's a place for every woman out there who wants to be an instructor to uh, come and join, join in. And you know, certainly Nordic Ed has a very simple, uh, very structured, uh, very programmed way to become an instructor. And um, you know, you're absolutely welcome with Nordic Ed. And that's what we're really trying to promote here: is that everybody is welcome. Uh, and so we would we would really love to have people uh, call me and say, hey, I want to be an instructor. How do I do that? Yeah, it's really important for you to see someone who looks like you, uh, for you to feel like, okay, I can do this thing, right? Because um, I'd never seen a black woman sailor before, right? So I should have immediately been intimidated by trying to do this thing because that's not the narrative we see. That's not what you see in the sailing publications. That's not what you see in the movies. It's not what you read about when you hear about these epic sailing adventures. So the first thing, the first pathway that I think makes the most sense is if instruction is what's going to make people feel comfortable getting on a boat make sure we have more instructors who look like the groups that we're trying to bring into the sport um who can speak that language who understands some of the the difficulties and the complexities of different um groups and and feelings i think 
one other thing that is extremely important for me to also also mention is like you know just you don't have to necessarily be an instructor to be able to make a difference even if you're just in a club or even if you're um, a part of a marina or a sailing community there are just some small movements you can make to to make diversity happen for instance if there's a club that only has one black member like your goal should be to make sure you have two, right? Because then you got a hundred percent increase. There's like these little small victories <laughs> that could have such a big impact. Um, and and you know the other the other thing that I think that's important to to also mention is if you're going to start working with youth, that's a whole other uh, level of complexity because you know, if you want to bring a group of minorities to a club or an event, you got to think about like what their experience is going to be like when they get there and nobody looks like them, you know, it's very intimidating. And I think it's hard for you to kind of understand and figure that out unless you have people um, in leadership roles who represent them. So that's the other part, like just changing the structure of your leadership and starting to ask yourselves, why don't we have a person of color on staff? Why don't we have a woman who is in senior leadership here, right? Those, just by doing those small things, they will be your representative and help you start to think through different ways you can do things to keep it more open and welcoming. You know, there, certainly we can't argue any of that because everything you said is per makes perfect sense, you know, and you know, when you walk into a room, you know, regardless of, of, of your background, if what you see in front of you isn't the, you know, what you look like necessarily, sometimes it creates an intimidating environment. And that's, that's what we're discussing here today is, you know, how we can soften that, make that easier for people to make it less intimidating and, and beyond all the words is putting it into an action. So um, just like Amy, when you started, it only took one friend to light your fire, you know, and you may be the next person that's another amy that lights someone else's fire and does it for them and as grant said from nautic ed we we want to encourage more women and especially women of color to get into sailing as it encourages more and more and more and more and it has a compounding effect you know and amy if i'm wrong correct me but this really is your true inspiration isn't it yeah i think there you know outside of this amazing empowering experience that i've been able to feel as a woman on a boat um it's also super healing like when i first jumped into sailing it was because i needed an outlet i was unhappy with things with my job and what i was doing there i didn't feel like i was making any great change in the world um and when i got out on the water that was so calming and healing for me. So, you know, selfishly, yes, I want to see more people of color and women on the water, but I think for them, there's great benefit in it too. It's like, this is a place where you can find healing. This is a place where you can find a sense of empowerment and, and real, um, like a real passion and love and, and embrace the, the socialness of the sport and the teamwork uh, that's involved in being part of crew. You know, you, you, you hit it on the head, I think, right there. It, it's it's the, the inspiration, it's the feeling uh, of, of, 
kind of getting away from it all, but being in control and, you know, experiencing time out on the water, encouraging others. Um, you know, I, the last question I, I wanted to ask today, because you keep mentioning healing, you know, healing is a big word and healing can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, for me, healing is uh, on the water being something very spiritual. And some of our other um, uh, folks that we've talked to on these podcasts have, have said, yes, sometimes it's spiritual. Others said, yeah, I'm not that spiritual, but I see what you're saying because it is kind of like that. I mean, is that something that factors in for you too? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's the spiritual part of it, but I just, I think there's this calming, this yeah. calming sense that you that takes you over and, and, you know, listen, if you're racing, that's a whole other, like... <laughs> right. But when you're just putzing around the harbor and when there's no wind, yeah, you, there are moments where you're, it's just you and nature that you're surrounded with. And even if you have other crew on the boat, I think there's a point where everybody's just kind of quiet and is like experiencing, especially like when the sun sets, right? Um, there's so much anxiety and unrest in the country because of all of the things that we're experiencing right now. And one of this one safe place that you can be is on a boat with proper precautions taken. Um, and, and it's a place where you can actually find a sense of calmness and relaxation and an, an escape from what's happening around you. Oh, amen to that. I think that's at the core of most of us wanting some solitude, getting away from it all. and. Beyond that, you've taken it to a whole other level. Um, Amy, I want to say thank you for what you've done with your past short six years in sailing. You've done more than some people have done in a lifetime of sailing. And that's a huge, huge inspiration. And if you want to follow Amy, we're going to go ahead and post links to Women Who Sail um, and National Women's Sailing Association on this podcast so you'll be able to see that in the text below so you can come and talk to amy talk to her uh, uh, compatriots over there so you can work together find out ways that you can be an inspirational person in sailing help get more women into sailing uh, more minority people into sailing uh, the more the merrier diversity makes us all better Amy, in the pre-show, we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of marrying our passions. You know, I, I did something similar many years ago. I've been in marketing for 20 years, been sailing for about 20 years. And it just made sense to bring those two passions together so I could use one to help propel the other. Um, it sounds like you've done something similar, but taken it to a little further degree, maybe. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I mentioned, listen, I was not happy with my job. I hated it. <laughs> and so I used sailing as like an outlet. And then in telling the story of what I was doing on the water and doing it very well, it actually wound up creating an opportunity for me to leave that job because being in marketing for what, 15, 20 years now, I had developed a space of people who were also other marketers and entrepreneurs. And they were like, how did you grow that Instagram account to 60,000 followers? How did you grow your account to over 130,000? What did you do? And then, um, What's the magic pill? There's magic dust somewhere, a secret, a trick, right? Yeah, they were like, what did you do? How'd you do that? And so people kept asking me to give them proposals. And, you know, in the beginning, I was like saying, sure. And, and it happened enough times where, like, I realized, wait a minute, 
this is a business, right? Um, and then I realized I wasn't charging enough because there was no negotiation, right? They were like, yes, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> um, so through the years, I have been able to like um, develop a whole company around telling messages like these that can empower people. So our business focuses primarily on impact and we follow a lot of the same um some of the same things that the united nations has set up through their sustainable development goals and our our core value system is to help people uh figure out how to create messages and amplify them around things like reducing poverty uh gender equality um making it so that we have clean access to clean water and that we preserve life below the ocean so it, sailing has given me that right like now i can use this thing that i was very good at and i've created a company and now all we do every day is help other organizations amplify their messages around things i deeply believe in and not to mention i get to make my own schedule so that means i can sail more so it's been really wonderful well, it's Amy, maybe really uh, maybe you can um, help us with our message because the message we're trying to take out to the market is is competence, uh, confidence, mm -hmm. and you know just calm, just an understanding, a, a cool, clear vision of what you want to be as a sailor. But you're you're confident and competent about doing that. So that's um, that's what we're trying to get out uh, to the market as well with you know all the education that we do and everything that we do. So maybe we'll talk after the show about how to yeah. create that definitely and so if you're interested in like learning a little bit more about what we do you can visit our website at sinclairsocial.com um we've done work with organizations like nautic ed we've done work with the united nations directly in particular you may remember the whole um entry of greta thunberg when she came into new york city harbor we were the agency who worked on the welcome flotilla that greeted her um, and uh, happy to help anyone who's trying to figure out how to like tell their story on the water because it's important. And Amy, you've got an amazing story. I just love, you exude passion. Uh, it just comes out of your ears. It comes out everything, your eyeballs everywhere. I mean, it, it is incredible to listen to and you're an inspiration and I really, really, um, you know, I, I just love uh, working with you. It's absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Grant, and thank you, Kevin. Oh, we're happy to be here and happy to share your message with our listeners. Um, and with that, I'd like to say thank you on behalf of myself, Captain Kev, Grant, the founder of Nautic Ed, and Amy. Thank you for joining us today. You're happy, welcome. Happy sales. <laughs> Daddy, daddy. <clears throat> well done, guys. Anything else we got? Mm, I think that's it. Not too tough, especially since Grant's at anchor right now, you jerk. <laughs> I'm going to leave that piece in. I'm going to leave that in. <laughs>